0: You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Uh, my name is Jordan with the silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Uh, oh, I didn't
1: tell you. Yeah. I'm changing my name. I am One Lucian. Oh, you're... Okay. This is the next evolution the of next the evolution The next evolution of Lucian will be One Lucian. D&D D&D be one Lucian. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Maybe I'll finally drop that pH. I don't know. We'll there see. You go.
1: Yeah. yeah, the one Just is not silent.
0: Solidify it, yeah. Um, hey, everybody. Uh, <laughs> lots to <laughs> talk about on our show. If you're new here, um, we are a Dungeons & Dragons talk show, kind of talking about tabletop RPG world. And uh, Thursday, there was a, a big mic, not a mic drop, but I, I like to think of it. I don't even have my notes up. This is how scattered we are right now. Um, (laughs) but Wizards of the Coast announced the future of Dungeons and Dragons in their eyes. Um, and I want to specify that because a lot of people, we, we don't need to let Wizards of the Coast dictate our game. Um, (laughs) and I, I think they want that. They are a multimedia, like large company. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think... Going forward, we'll always have the SRD. We'll always have the ability to tweak these rules and do whatever you want. I had a really good conversation with uh, my DM, Nathan, about this over uh, our Google chat that we chat with. And mm-hmm. he's like, well, how do you feel about this rule? How do you feel about that rule? And I'm like, honestly, I like this one. I don't like that one. I probably just won't incorporate it.
1: You know? Yeah. Like, that's okay. kind of how it is. But, boy. I want to back up a sec. before yeah, we go dive ahead. in. Before yeah. we dive in. Let's get to... We know that announcement's coming up, but we don't know too much about it. Because we were at Gen Con, the, some tweets start dropping that they're going to have a big announcement. Yeah. And they're going to tell us some stuff. So just before we dive into what actually happened, what did you think was going to happen? And did you think what we got was even better than where you thought we were going, just generally? Mm-hmm. Or was it not what you thought it was and you thought there was going to be more? Or was yeah. it exactly what you thought it was going to be?
0: No. Uh, so I... I thought it was going to be um, Dragonlance. I thought they were going to announce that book, which they did. Um, And then I also thought, because it was like a Wizards Presents, and I was thinking back to some of the early Magic the Gathering Presents, they would show a timeline of all of the decks coming out. Mm -hmm. And things that were getting retired in the standard format and things like that. And so I was like, oh, I wonder if they got a clue that fans like that. And we're actually going to get, like, here are the books for 2023. And that's what I thought. And I was like, maybe they'll hint at, like, we kind of knew a new edition was coming. So I was like, maybe. But, like, maybe it's also something to do with the movie. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily think it was going to be this evolution of D&D, like they're saying. Because the d Next playtest, the Pathfinder 2e playtest were all a year long. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- this is slated to be released in 2024. I don't know when in 2024. I'm assuming like summer, but who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to have it start now, it's a little more than a year, I guess. And so it mm-hmm. kind of, I wasn't prepared, but yeah. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, I did not think they were going to show us the book lineup. I thought we might get a. Pre- I thought we would get the crossover of a Magic: The Gathering campaign world, and another D and D. Like work. an announcement I about that. I yeah. thought we would we would hear about the next book or the first book of next year, and then I thought they would do some more Whiz Kids and Toys advertisement, you know, stuff. Yeah. And I thought they might start talking about a new live show they're going to throw together. You know, because maybe they didn't really do a big. It this year wasn't like they had done in past years, so I thought maybe they're going to come back. Because you know Todd Kenricks back, and he's reviving their YouTube and online presence, where it kind of yeah. it kind of went not radio silent, but it definitely was a lot less for a while there for several months. Well, and
0: year. it was and it was D and D beyond because Greg Tito yeah. was running um, the YouTubes and the stuff, yeah. and I don't I don't think that was. I don't want to say his wheelhouse, but like, I don't think that was his, uh, maybe not what he was paid to do. It was kind of like, yeah. well, I do that on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do this podcast and things like that. But yeah, once they handed the reins over to Todd, he was like, well, I know this. I've been doing it. And he just, mm-hmm. like, we're pumping out content. So yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so as it starts, and it's a, it feels like a pre recorded, but high production value, as far as I could tell. Um, and I thought was a great way to do it. More of like what we were talking about, like a Nintendo Direct or any of these game companies now that are like, we don't want to go to E3. We don't want to go to Gen Con to announce our stuff. We don't want to go to these places and do this. Yeah. We're just going to put out a presentation that we control. We can do all the presentation. Our our people can do their lines, rehearse their lines. Yeah, get no, no leaks we need another accidentally, take? yeah. Yeah, yeah, or no technical difficulties to worry about except push play on the button you yep. know, for, the, for whatever they're doing. And I just thought, I liked it because it gave us everything we wanted, really, and so much more. So it was definitely so much more than I thought. And I was, normally on these, I would say I'm rarely shocked when they announce something mm-hmm. like we're pretty good at guessing or, or knowing a little bit of what's going on or kind of thinking about, Oh, that makes sense. That's that falls right in line. But this one, I was like, what they're doing that. What, you know, it's like, there's a bunch of them. So I'm super happy and I was super surprised and I was like energized after I got done watching that. And then like, YouTube explodes and Twitter explodes and and Twitch is exploding. And now everybody's just like, you can go find videos everywhere. And there's so much stuff. And now, Jordan, let's get into the meat of all of it. What (laughs) what are we talking about if somebody missed that? Yeah. So uh, the
0: the big reveal is Planescape.
1: Um, The end of...
0: (laughs) You called it, buddy. So, well, actually, I do want to kind of talk about that first, I guess. Uh, We have... A bunch of new books planned which is kind of cool and the way I was talking I was talking to um, some other like well I was talking to DM Nathan and he was just like yeah I think that they because he works for Wizards now and he was kind of saying like I think that th- it was really popular with Magic the Gathering to show all of the the like this is our timeline of stuff doesn't mean mm-hmm. you can't change it but like yeah, it just kind of means like happen. fans get hyped up for it and then the idea was like well yeah you're right why don't we do that with uh, D and D, yeah. and then I know Wizards doesn't like uh, like Ted, and he does. They don't like these people leaking these things, and there were so many leaks. I think, I think Spelljammer was the first time that we were like, oh, that was not they leaked because we knew about <laughs> Fizzbands, we knew about all these other yeah. books. So now they're just like it's not leaked. Like here are the books. You don't know what's in them yeah. and that's fine. Go ahead Amazon. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly because it's just like we announced it already. So that yeah. just kind of makes sense. But we're going to get an anthology adventure called Keys from the Golden Vault. Um mm-hmm. Bigby presents Glory of the Giants, which sounds like a Fizzband's Dragon Style book but for giants. Year of the Giants they even um, said.
1: I kind of heard them say, Yeah, "It's going to be a giant somewhere. year or something." And I was yeah, like, "Okay." Yeah.
0: Um, there's now an expansion on the Lost Mine of Phandelver called... Fan favorite. Tentatively called Fandelver Campaign. I think that's probably mm-hmm. going to change. Uh, there's a class and abilities and spells book called The Book of Many Things.
1: Which is a which great doesn't title. follow
0: with the Of Everything that yes. we've had in the back, but I kind of like the title of that. And then mm-hmm. in fall 2023, there's a Planescape book coming out, which... Uh, people were losing their minds about. And then Monty Cook went on Twitter and he yeah. just said, where were all of that. you? And I have this up cause I laughed so hard at it. He said, where were all of you enthusiastic Burks in 1998? Because <laughs> yeah. Planescape was like the end of TSR and it kind of yeah, just could have saved it. Um, saved it. Yeah. But Chris Perkins said, he's like, he tweeted it back at Monty Cook. He's like, I laughed at this harder than I meant to. And it's, yes. It was just kind of funny because like Planescape is beloved but it didn't save TSR. It didn't, not at you know. the time. It, so, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. the time
1: it happened. It was like a nostalgia thing for sure. So super, super
0: funny. I I love Money Cook. Um, yeah. yeah. But the big thing, I guess, is one D and D. Um, and one D and D is a uh, placeholder
1: title. Code name one D yeah. was the term. And
0: with D and D next, I remember listening to the podcast with uh, Penny Arcade. And Mike Murrells, who was running them Mm -hmm. through those original games, and they were talking about D&D Next. And he's like, in the future, I think we just kind of want to call it D&D. Like, I don't want an edition anymore. So this Mm -hmm. is something they've been pushing for a long time. But the fan base is like, oh, no, you don't. This is 5e because we've had editions beforehand. And it was. Like, it it really, whether they wanted to announce it or not, it was a new edition of D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the playtest rules, they specifically talk about in the 2014 player's handbook. So they're not putting an addition on it. They're trying to say like your 2014 player's handbook is still valid, but the 2024 player's handbook will have some updated stuff, I guess, mm-hmm. um, I don't know well, everything's that's going to work.
1: now, backwards compatible. so Yeah,
0: and then and then it'll be backwards way. compatible, which is kind of cool. And that's actually a really good thing because then, you know, Curse of Strahd, super awesome adventure, iconic. I, you know, 30 years from now, like, well, not 30 years, but like 15 years mm-hmm. from now, my son's just like, Dad, what's this? And I'm like, oh, that's Curse of Strahd. Let's run it. And yeah. hypothetically, we can use their like 2020 or 2030 player's handbook. And then it'll still work with Curse of Strahd. Uh yeah. They might be a little underpowered or overpowered, but the idea is the same. Uh, we'll see if that works. I don't know. So Yeah,
1: and I think it works. I mean, it's possible for it to work, but obviously your fan base can drive a little bit of that too. Like they, You could say, we want this to be called 6th edition. And if the fan base says, nope, this is 5.5, you're not fooling us, it'll be 5.5, no matter yeah. what they try to do, type of thing. But the one thing I, I recognized that I think makes it work is if you go back to 3.5 and they're in the the throes of the here's our rules and we have to do another addition, or we're, we're about to change. They're making core changes from 3 point5, thinking about going into four. They do four, good or bad, you love it or you don't. It was hated or it shouldn't have been. Uh-huh. it was loved or it shouldn't have been whatever. Now they're starting to think about, okay, we're done, we've gotten through our cycle of four. We got to make a core change again, because in their heads, they don't think it's as successful. So we got to make another core change to the rules, real significant changes. Because like in 3.5, you're talking about, you know, dropping off how... There, there's certain things about the rounds and how they work, how the combat works, how you know the different things are work, the real structure of the game. Four changes the structure significantly, and then if we're going to go to something different, we have a structure. This doesn't sound like a big structure change. This seems like a, we're going to fine-tune pieces, but the core is staying the same. You're still going to have the same stats. You're still going to do 3D6 yeah. plus, you know, you're still going to do the, we're going to move some places where some of your bonuses came from. But all that language is still there. Inspiration is still there. The way your round works is still there. There's still roll for surprise. There's still your skill list. Maybe they'll add some, but they're not going to say, okay, we're no longer doing skill checks because we came up with this new and inventive way to handle this part of the game, and now here's how you do it. They're like, no, 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 we're staying with what we've got. We'll fine-tune that. We'll add to it or remove something that doesn't need to be there, but the core of it's there. So they might get away with it this time, to be able to say it's not much of a change but really the fan base it's, it's what are they going to do and what are we going to call it and we're so i think
0: and i don't know i the, do you think you'll call it 5.5 because I don't know what I'm is gonna, there nah. is there going to be a point where people are not adopting this as just the the new 5e because mm-hmm. i've been at tables where they're like uh hey Build your character, and I'm pulling in stuff from Tasha's and Ravenloft, and I'm like, "What's on the table? What's off the table?" And then the DM's like, "Well, I only..." and I'm going to call you out, Silver Boulet. This is my friend Steve, and he's like, "Well, I only have the Player's Handbook, so if you pull in some of the other stuff," and I was like, "Oh, I haven't made like a I don't have those
1: rules." <laughs> well, no,
0: like I haven't made like a OG original character from just the Player's Handbook in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh let me think about this, you know, because all Mm -hmm. of a sudden I'm like, I don't have all of the Xanathar spells and things like that. So is it going to kind of be like that? Are we going to call 5.5 this new evolution? Like, oh, are you building a character with five rules or Mm 5.5? Or will it just be within certain circles assumed that we all make these updated characters with updated rules?
1: Yeah. And there's – Everybody does this. My company just did this this past year. We saw it from companies like, um, you know, Apple and all of these like phones. And Microsoft wants to not have a version on their software anymore. They just want to be Microsoft. That's why they went to like 360 or Xbox. Remember when they went to Xbox One? They don't want. They just want to get rid of it, and they just want. We just want to be Xbox. So all these marketing gurus come into all of these companies and say yeah. the same thing. They say. Your product should be the name of what it is, and that's it. No other this other stuff. Our, like I'll give you a, a true world example. Our software was called Infinite Visions, which was just a cool, catchy name that they'd come up with back when they had the software. But marketing speak today says that doesn't tell me what your software does. So it's not a good name if you listen to the marketing gurus. So our whole company said, no, we have to change it. So now our software is called School ERP Pro. What does it do? It does ERP software. (laughs) That's what it for schools. It's exactly what it does. It's not version 10 or 12 or 15 or whatever it is. It's that's all we are now. and, And everything else falls off. So I think all of these bigger companies and I know Wizards of the Coast is the most biggest corporatist company that we have in the whole tabletop area. They have these same people coming in and giving the same speeches about how you should be marketing, how you should be doing this thing. Everybody wants it to be, you're just D&D. Just be D&D. Just yeah. you are D&D. There's well, no other anything.
0: So, uh, and Silver, well, first of all, thank you, uh, uh, Mao Mau- Peach, for the donation. And then Silver Boulay was like, well, I wasn't stopping you from using the non-basic rules and i'm like <laughs> i like, know the... i know steve i know, I know. I but just, yeah. i didn't want to create like a weird overpowered character for that game uh and so it was just one of those things i wanted to do something you, that everyone was familiar with he's being honored, um, steve
1: i'm with you buddy
0: <laughs> um they want to turn D into a lifestyle brand and that's not a big secret that's very yeah. like they've they've said that and then with the movie and all of the toys and stuff like that and you don't You don't do that by having it be like, like, like Xbox really is a lifestyle brand. And I read something that they think that this year will be the last Xbox and the last PS PlayStation, because moving forward, we have like cloud gaming and things like that. And you're going to be like, am I on, am I team like chocolate or am I team peanut butter? I don't know. It's going to be one of those things. And I think D&D is kind of the same thing, especially with. And beyond, and the online platform and stuff—they're really trying to get everybody to kind of bring it all together. I don't know. I don't. I don't have a lot of. I don't have a lot of answers in this corporate world, but it it does make sense. I don't because we have the OSR and things like that. I think there's always going to be variations on this, and then people are going to want to know. What is the variation, and that's where we're going to have the community start coming out and calling it 5.5, or uh, I'm going to be I'm going to be playing a, a modified version of fifth edition called like uh, 5e Advanced, you know, yeah. and like we already kind of have this this yeah. the community will create it out of yeah. necessity. So well, which iPhone do you have? Exactly, I just
1: have the iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't like know they... if
0: people are like, I just have the yeah. iPhone. It's like which well, iPad do you have? Well, yeah. I've got
1: the iPad. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it makes it confusing. I don't think – and I'm not saying I agree or disagree with whatever it is, the way the marketing thing is. Because I was confused even when I wanted to get a new iPad. And if you go try to buy a new iPad and you're trying to figure out, well, what's the newest one that's out with the newest features? But they call all of them iPads. So how do I know – that I'm not buying one off Amazon. That's the two-year-old model versus the one that's just out now. I'm like, I got confused. So like, there's downsides to what this this speech is, but and I don't know where it's going to go or where it's going to land, and I don't even know what I'm going to do. But I just I understand it and I see where it's going, and I like that they said it's code name One D and D, and I love I I feel like I'm calling this. I think you were the first tweet I saw of everybody twitter storm happens you're like saying ODD's back you know so i was oh, like what? james
0: i stole that from james and dracaso because he was oh, like was and D's back and i was oh, like okay that's I was pretty to give you the credit i was like no no he
1: is so smart <laughs> james was really funny
0: i was oh, like I i'm it. stealing this from him uh but yeah no like O D D. like it's kind of like oh that's funny O uh, D. We'll, we'll see um i i don't know uh, i'm excited I, let me say this overall I, I yeah getting off of the subject of just naming yeah. conventions who knows what it's going to be called but yeah um and we could speculate all day but speculation doesn't do anything for us uh i am excited i think it's kind of cool um a lot of people were were kind of going back and forth about a lot of this but i i really liked uh ben from questing beast because he's like is this well, sixth edition anyway, is this yeah. the death of fifth edition mm-hmm. um but no it's the idea that They really are taking Magic the Gathering as a business model, and they're trying to apply it to Dungeons & Dragons. And so it will be, like, here are the new books. And then sometimes you look at it, and you're like, oh, this is banned. This is not banned. Um, Speaking of bans, Magic has very clear rules about what you can and cannot do in like tournaments and standard and things like that. However, at home, my 1998 deck will still play with a 2022 deck just fine. I, one of them might be more overpowered than the other, but the cores of magic work, you know, the, the cards are the same in that sense, like the core of magic works. So I see Mm -hmm. what they want to do, but will that work with Dungeons and dragons? I'm not, I'm not
1: entirely sure yet. So. Yeah. And I'm excited because we're a show that talks about tabletop games. We're a show that loves all the new games that have been coming out. We support so many Kickstarters. It's unbelievable. We talk about new rule sets. We, Me and you have had discussions on your modular D6 and your, your settings. And we're so into the idea of creating. We're here, Jordan. We have a show dedicated to this right at the time D&D has decided to do a change, whatever you want to yeah. call it, whatever it's going to be. We're here right at the front line, just like if D&D Next was announced you know, seven years ago and we had our show up and running, we'd be right there ready to go, okay, here's all the play tests and here's all the things and here's all the places they're going now. We're right here at the at the front lines, and we get to see it all unravel. And I just love it. I love the idea that we're going to be able to come here Saturday after Saturday after Saturday, and talk about all the things that we're seeing or, or they're doing, and what the other and still what the rest of the industry is doing. Because everybody's going to take a look. You know, everybody always looks at who's up at the top of that mountain and who's at the top of the hill and what they're doing. And it informs on what they're doing too. Even if they're not going to copy it, it might just be, well, okay, they're doing that. So our lane is going to be over here. How do we innovate in our lane? How does Monty cook come out of the gun and say, you know what? I know how to design. I know how to do my stuff. You guys are doing that lane. I'm taking this lane and I'm going to take this over. You yeah. Know, I can't wait to see the ripples that happen now. And I, I think, yeah, you're right. And, and speaking of
0: like money and stuff, like that, they don't want to reinvent the wheel because Wizards of the Coast coming out and saying, hey, we're going to build another game where you have to then pawn your old books and buy all these new books. Like, that player base is never going to want to rebuy books over and over. So I think this is also another safe thing where it's like your old books still work, you don't have to yeah. buy new books kind of a thing. Yeah. And case in point, Monty Cook Games, Numenera comes out, very successful, Numenera, Monera, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And then they created the numenero destiny and discovery which everyone was like well this is numenera too it really wasn't though it was numenera (laughs) in one book and then some expanded rules to do other interesting things in the world of numenera Numenera. plus yeah and it it was the same thing all the old adventures work with this numenera discovery and destiny all of these you know and monty cook's only 10 years old but uh to the point of D or one DD 2024 will be 10 years since the 2014 players handbook came out
1: yeah yeah i so. like this comment i got that we all i know we're getting off the name part and we'll get past it i swear to guys but cyberwolf one of our good uh people that we played games with hey before cyber and, and it's been he's out here he's like uh yeah it's the new super DD fifth edition turbo and it features dante from devil may christ yeah you know, i was like that's that's where we're at now we're like in People might call this they might not even say it's a name now, but I could see them saying, Hey, is this like Super Nintendo or or now it's not just Nintendo, it's Super Nintendo. Is this D and D super or is this yeah. Turbo or is this Super D and D Turbo something... Alpha yeah. Two? Yeah enterprise yeah. edition or you know there's just something else in there there could be a whole word well and that so, brings okay, me to the
0: franchising <laughs> so in that same thing they said hey we got a magic the gathering lord of the rings tie-in we've got oh. this i remember back in the day they had the stranger things magic the gathering and the walking dead magic the gathering mm-hmm. is that what they want to do for D? like eventually it'll be like we already kind of had the stranger things dnd tie-in but do they want like hey we're creating a new player's handbook but this one is devil may cry D."
1: You, you just know, blew my mind. Are we getting a Doctor Who Dungeons and Dragons world campaign world? I <laughs> wouldn't be surprised in all honesty. I don't no. know. Like, is it, are it,
0: are the core rules going to be that flexible that they're going to be able to apply whatever they want on rather than, yeah, yeah they already Yeah, you're right. We have a Rick and Morty D&D. We have this.
1: Is that the way they want to go? Like, yeah. So I don't know. So let's 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 break that down a little bit, tiny bit more. So keys from the Golden Vault anthology, starting off, winter 2023. I think even so, January February. Our... I think yeah, yeah. So first book kick off the gates for 2023. We throw an anthology keys from the Golden Vault. What are we thinking? What are we getting from this? Because um, I heard
0: that it was like a heist book. And oh, it that's was right. Just... They said heist. Yeah, it was like a bunch of heists in it. So I'm wondering if it's like. Okay. Yeah, if it's just like, here's here's kind of a dungeon, here's a vault, or here's yeah, like, I need you to escort ways. this person out safely or something, we'll see. How it's, many a, different it's, another candle keep, it's another Candlekeep, it's another Radiant Citadel, okay. which those aren't good or bad, you have to read them when they come out to decide if they're good or bad. So Yeah,
1: and that means DM-centric book, right? So you're gonna start oh, yeah. year off again with another DM-centric book. I keep thinking they're gonna get away from these anthologies as much as they like doing them. They're so easy to do. It's not a book that a player buys, though. Oh, of it's course a book not. But, that DMs buy or yeah. collectors buy, but that's it. You've got to sell books that everybody's gonna buy, right? So, I, but you're right. Maybe they're just they, they like doing them. They're easy to do, or something like that. And we know. Let's put this out Ooh, there: Warhammer 40k D and D. We just got that in the chat. That I can just happen. Like, don't. <laughs> Don't start with me, whoever put that in the <laughs> chat. Uh, you will blow my mind as it is. Um, and you killed my where I was going, Mister. Who, Sorry, who, who put that in chat? Tell me. Uh, who put that, that was in that chat. was Mister AJ Pickett. Uh, <laughs> Mister AJ. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, you're
0: right. They're they're not player centric books, oh, but at the it. same I time, um, I th- I think they'll have enough little things in there that people will want to buy them on D and D Beyond yeah. and stuff like that. So.
1: Here's the comment where I was going. We know they have a big pipeline as far as they are planning out many years in advance. They're one of the few companies that can do that because they have so much in the works. So it does make sense that they can say, well, let's do an anthology here. Let's do this book here. Let's do this book here. Because they really are planning for 2023, 2024. And they probably already know what 2025 and 2026 tentatively might look like already. No, they do. Big yeah. Their yeah. pipeline is. Not everybody does that. Not all the... Company. I think some companies are just, what's our next book? Let's sit down and talk about it. They have this big line of them, so that's going to be interesting. Okay, so heists. We haven't had heist books. That could be interesting. That could be good for Dungeon Masters to run. I like possibly the idea. Golden Vault, where do we think? Do you have anything Golden Vault? Do you think it's Forgotten Realms-based? I mean, all these anthologies have been Forgotten Realms centric, even though in the beginning they might say, you could put this in your campaign world or this would work in this other area. Well, what do they've, you think all, of they've had vault?
0: names like Tales from the Yawning Portal, but like Ghosts of Saltmarsh
1: wasn't. Or AJ, if you what do you think Golden Vault, if you have a, a lead on where Golden Vault might be? No, I think, I think
0: you're going to be presented with a bunch of keys that open a vault door and then there's like a weird heist inside or something. What if
1: it's your obelisk thing?
0: The obelisk? Your yeah. obelisk mm.
1: theory, the obelisk theory. I don't know. All right, so we don't know where Golden Vault is. Okay, Bigby presents Glory of the Giants. Okay, so we know Bigby why because Bigby has spells. Yep. Right. It's got, he's it's a, got a big hands. Yeah, and so he's a wizard that hasn't got a book yet. Right in fifth edition. Correct. But no, he's going to th- do. Big this B is B like a Bizband's book
0: on dragons, but it's going to be on giants. Yeah. So I think we'll get the history of giants. We'll get some, like maybe you're a, a half giant race will get um some giant centric uh class features and then uh there will probably be a section on like runic magic that you can use mm-hmm. and be like a giant section of runic magic that's something else and we, we well, saw uas
1: yeah. we saw uas that would tie right into that yeah with the right? primordial stuff yeah 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 because yeah. but again a lot this is before rune-based. this is all
0: 2023
1: so yeah
0: yeah um and so that's okay. what I think it's going to be. And then you're right, the well not you're right, but the the last 3 we really don't know anything about because Vandelar campaign is that the book of many things is going to be player options and it's kind of cool because now we're going to get UA and we're not speculating on what the book is going to be. We're going to be like, "Oh, that's probably going in this book," you know. It's kind of interesting.
1: UA will be fully relevant to the test yeah, that they're because, because doing we look now at that, we're like there's relevant. not a
0: mysterious yeah. release. You know yeah, they yeah. they start like saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do Kender, uh, playtest yeah, or test something," this. and yeah. you're like, "Oh, well, that's going in the Dragonlance book, of course." So Yeah. And then Planescape. Yeah. Which I mean, is big and huge, uh, especially that's... and a little odd, especially after creating Spelljammer. Um, so you release Spelljammer this year. It's something that interconnects and ties worlds together and stuff like that. Um, but Planescape in the current cosmology, which I believe they're probably going to keep because it was the most popular one, which is the 2E version with the great wheel and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those different worlds have, has so much information and so much player potential. And then to have a hub like like Sigil or Sigil, and then you can go there and go out and stuff like that. Soft so G, hard G, I know sir. I get confused. I always <laughs> say it the wrong way in my head. And then I'm like, that was, oh, that was wrong.
1: I have to correct myself, so. Well, here's a question, too. I remember when Planescape for three point, you know, three third edition, 3.5 editions happening, it also felt like a real change in art direction at that time, too. That book felt to me very, the art in it seemed different than the art we got before, right? Mm. It felt like there was a, there was a there was the Monty Cook weirdness coming in, right? The 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 fantastical weird that he can do, mm-hmm. and that that group really starts to embrace some of that. I mean, look at the look at the you know like the pictures of Lady the of Pain and all that kind of stuff that yeah. pops out during that time. It's pretty. It's a pretty big difference. Do we think we're going to see something similar here when they bring that book back?
0: No, um, oh. because and I, the reason I say that is fifth edition has had a very across consistent. the board consistent art style yeah. and they have uh senior directors that are there to manipulate that art style there are some mm-hmm. changes here and there but it it will not be um it will not be that interesting art
1: yeah i don't you think, think they're settled on it they'll just keep reiterating what they've got well they've for got their, they this, their formula for this
0: version and then any other new you know yeah player's handbook that comes out in 2024 plus will be different
1: so we'll no big see. jump all right well i'm excited what, what's chat saying over there for you are they excited or we got a bunch of excited people we got a bunch no, of downers. I think it's what's cool. happening we're gonna it's gonna be
0: awesome like oh yeah and then someone I'm says excited. well the fizzbend's art was kind of all over the place a little bit but like i don't know they have a it's not a drastic change of style. I think they work with their, their artists really well. Yeah.
1: Now their artists. I think they've expanded who they're working with to have a lot more representation and they've allowed a little bit of leeway there. But I think I'm, I'm with Jordan. I think there's been, you can see the hand of a full design director behind the whole thing and keeping things close. Maybe there's that plus or minus where their line is, but it's not that far off. They're not like all of a sudden everything's black and white drawings or everything's all of this, you know, super futuristic to style drawing. It's like they, they're pretty close to to the same kind of mainstream that they've decided to go with. So and it's an interesting style because if you look at Paizo's style, and I love that style too, but it's a different style. It yeah. makes their book stand out. It's still about, you know, dungeons and dragons and goblins and orcs and humans and elves yeah. and dwarves, but it's different. No, the goal is to the... flip
0: through a book and be like, oh that's a Pathfinder book. You know, yeah. like that's what that's what they want. And and yeah. but before it was I think the goal was oh, I'm flipping through a book. Oh, this is a Planescape book. I want to get this. But we've talked about this on the show in the past is that they fractured their buying base so much by making, oh, well, that's clearly an Eberron book. I play an Eberron. I'll get that. And then they would yeah. pick up this one and be like, oh, yeah, that's Planescape. And they wouldn't buy it because yeah. they're like, I don't play in Planescape. I play in Eberron. Yeah. And that really
1: was- Getting away from schism. canon. Yeah. Getting away from you can't, combine things you can't have peanut butter and chocolate you have to choose one you have to be team peanut butter you have to be team chocolate. you know it's like yeah no, no no you can go to these worlds you can get you can get to every single one of them gates and spell jamming and maybe planescaping and whatever it might be you can get there we don't want these things we want to embrace multiverse we want to embrace everything's connected we want to embrace everything works together if you want it to as a dungeon master
0: also yeah. i want to point out this is a, a side tangent, but Keith Baker, after the release of Spelljammer Yon's on Tuesday, Keith Baker came out with a really great article of, Spell again, Jammer, you yeah. don't have to have, but, like, let's think about Eberron using spacefaring technology. Love it. And he called it cyberspace, which I thought was really great, uh, with yep. an S because of... Uh, yeah. The, yeah, because of the <laughs> dragon above. Um, and what it would be like to visit the moons and how you would do that. And I was like, that's really cool. So like you can yeah, embrace it. You can embrace it if you want to, you yeah. don't have to, but you can, but yeah. speaking of embracing things, uh, did anything super stand out with this playtest for you that came out?
1: Do you want to jump to there? Do you want to talk about dragon Lance at all or what? Oh, we can you talk know, about dragon I
0: don't care. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't have, I'm not interested in dragon Um, Whoa. it's, it's, Hot uh, tape. it's, Shadow of the Dragon Queen. I don't know anything about it. I did like that Lord Soth was on the cover. I thought that was kind of cool.
1: But I thought the cover art was interesting. A lot of people were. I that think was it's popping.
0: Also an adventure. So yeah, it and there's feels a like that. battle game that is coming out at the same time, maybe so connected. Mass I'm battles. not sure
1: yeah they said it I, It was a standalone board it. game but i wonder if they're going to incorporate the two what do you think the person i saw that talked about it he said you could use this to do the mass battles and you could go right back into your campaign oh. so they are doing it in a way that it can be stand- it can be a game that people just buy and they play a board game but it's also a game of battles so i think it's a way for them not to have to put battle rules in the system they can use this other way to try to do it which is interesting because coville is building battle rules and these other companies have been building battle rules to give us it was interesting to see that you know if they're going to do that or not i that's a that's clever to do a tabletop game or a board game or to partner with somebody like the 40k or the games workshop and say hey we need a we need a mass battle system that Fits right inside with when we're playing our Dungeons and Dragons games. Do you guys want to partner with us to give us like a tabletop skirmish game that that we could yeah. sell as a standalone? I, I mean, I'd be jumping all over that. But I'm, I was like with you. Dragonlance did not grab me. I was not the fan base that was screaming for Dragonlance. I was not the fan base saying, "Oh my god, we got books coming back out. I can't wait to read them again." Because yeah, I yeah, I go felt back so bad at Gen Con. And I was like, the. I'm not.
0: Yeah, the oh, R.A. Salvatore line was easily twenty times longer than the uh,
1: Margaret Weiss Dragonlance yes, line to get yes, books signed. That, so sorry, but but as I saw the book and as I'm seeing the presentation, I am interested now to where I was disinterested before. I'm great if I, I'm happy they're going to put a book out for Dragonlance fans, and that's great. It's a campaign world that that should have it. Um, but I wasn't interested, but then I started seeing just a couple things. I saw the artwork a little bit, so now I'm a little interested. So they moved my needle a tiny bit. Not not a ton yet, but a tiny Are bit. Are you so. interested
0: enough to pre-order it and <clears> the <throat> game to get it two weeks early on D&D Beyond? No, sir. Mm, I go.
1: am not.
0: That was something that. I wanted to talk—I thought was interesting, is yes. that— if you pre order it, you get it on D beyond two weeks early, does that mean all of these book reviewers that are getting the books early and doing their YouTube streams and their flip throughs and stuff, are those kind of going away? Because Please. now anybody can pre order it and then sure. you can stream it on yes. on that. Or are they getting it
1: literally a month early? Yeah. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Well, and let's even talk about that a little bit. There, there's a couple of bombshells that are happening. If you're just looking at product lineup and you let that happen and you didn't listen during that show, what else was happening? You are getting PDFs and books now. Like they were saying you get an electronic. I, I thought they were saying you have both now. They, It seemed to me like when you get your book moving forward, you're going to get a key for D&D Beyond. I think that's what they want to do. Or have you get also. a discount
0: if you buy both or something, yeah,
1: yeah. Because they didn't say was it you get it for free, but it's or not a, a PDF. Don't or... say that it's a PDF. No, it's you're access
0: right. to D and D Beyond, so D&D they can D&D always Beyond take version. that away.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh,
0: yeah, as says, <clears throat> they did do that, but it costs an extra ten dollars. So you have to buy the book plus an extra ten dollars to get that code. Okay, so.
1: that's a step in the direction we wanted them to go, right? Maybe yeah. we didn't want that price, but it's de- we talked about this like for the last two weeks. We brought this subject up that. We were looking at other companies and buying their books. And the first question we asked them at their booth was, oh, do I get a PDF with this too? Because I love your book and I want to flip through it. But I also need it on my iPad or my laptop when I'm running the game or I need to look something up quickly, which is easier. And like, oh, no, sorry, we don't you have to buy it. This is separate. And that was like a turnoff for us, even though that's how Wizards of the Coast has put their foot down for so long. They're scared and of now privacy, the foot yeah. has been raised. It's not put down anymore. They're gonna do it. They're gonna you know they're not they're not bulking at it anymore. So that's that's interesting to me. D and D Beyond's gonna be getting the is is definitely centric to how the play the play test was already there and they said they release right as we're going and you can play test now even though you had to wait like an hour or two for the PDF. I know. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what um, noon then, Eastern? What is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then. They show us the new virtual tabletop yeah. sizzle reel for D&D Beyond's new tool, I guess, at this point, running in Unreal Engine using be- highly detailed models.
0: Yeah. Wow. And so I think that was another thing they were talking about is they want to sell character customizations. So, like, for a dollar, you can get this hat. For your character or I don't know maybe, maybe you if you Fortnite if you have a, a, a yeah. Sunblade in the game then you could apply the Sunblade template to your character and stuff it I mean it was an Unreal Engine it looked really cool the modding community for the Unreal Engine is ridiculous so that makes me wonder oh, if it'll yeah. just like explode with mods but this is not something that can run in a browser. They're going to have to have like a, a you have to install this and actually run it, which a lot of VTTs do. You know, Roll20 is in a browser, but like a lot of those other Others ones, aren't. yeah, you know, you install a piece of software and it runs off of your computer. So that's not something mm-hmm. that bothers me. Um I just thought it was I just thought it was interesting. It yeah. it looks really cool. They have the tilt-shift camera to kind of make it look yep. like a miniature even though it's not. I wonder if you can turn that on and off. We'll see.
1: Um, well, and it's a design choice to say we're simulating you playing at your table with warlock tiles and mini- painted miniatures with faces. Yeah. We're not simu- We're not trying to make it look like you're a computer game or a movie of your character standing in a hallway. Mm-hmm. So they, they went the design route of we're, we're recreating a, a game table. And you know you're still playing a game. You know you're still playing a tabletop game. We're just putting it out there so you know, it looks that way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then
0: I, a lot of people were like, well, they're going to pull all the support for other things. And, and I don't, I don't speak Hasbro. They might, who knows, they might just be like, Hey, but I think the idea is that they really want to compete. They want a competitive place to bring people in. Mm -hmm. um, Which I think is why book one bookshelf, which does drive through RPG and the DMs guild. They signed that. uh, They did an announcement with roll 20, That said, all of your DMs Guild content will be able to be incorporated into Roll20. Um, And that's their, like, hey, we're trying to hold on to our subscribers because of things like that. But there are people that actually would prefer Roll20. There -hmm. are people like me that actually would prefer Owlbear Rodeo. Or, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. Like, I just kind of want to show you something quick, but I don't want to create a whole dungeon that we have to, like, walk through. I just want to show you this is what you see. How do you react
1: yeah. Yeah, or, or demiplane. Are they going to pump um, a next? You know, demiplane
0: or, things like that? We yeah. there there's competition, which is good. And, and
1: so. Cyberwolf said another good thing. I hope they let us import the STL files from Heroforge. Wouldn't that be a great partnership also to have I think that Bring is coming Heroforge very soon. Minis yeah. If yeah. I can
0: make a Hero Forge mini, and they can be like. A lot of people were like, player. Are they gonna buy Heroforge next? I'm like, I don't know if Heroforge is up for sale, guys, look. but I, I bet care. a partnership is,
1: is there. I bet so. I can put enough money down. <laughs> yeah. And and going back to your licensing thing, with Roll Twenty, why not let Roll Twenty pay you a license on all of the stuff? Here's twenty cents for every sale they make or whatever. It's just revenue stream that just comes in and Because of those down. same people could we're be just paying, getting money.
0: Yeah. Well those same people could yeah. be uh, on the current platform is the idea, you know,
1: maybe, but maybe they're not on the platform for a reason. So we're still getting their money, even though they're not on our platform. No. Well, yes, but you're not getting all of the money. Like sure. we, we've talked
0: about this before with D and D beyond where I, I know that the Hasbro person is like looking out and they're just like, well, that guy, we're making 50 cents off of him, but we're making a dollar off this, this, off this guy. Why are we only yeah. making 50 cents off of the him? Well, we licensed it out to this and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, well, no, then no. get those people to come to our platform. No,
1: The answer is <laughs> is because they won't come to our platform because they play other games from other companies and they need a tool that lets them play those other games. And our tool does not. So then let them so have that tool. They, they use that tool for <laughs> yeah. the other games. They use this tool isolate. for ours. Uh I don't know.
0: I don't speak executive, but like yeah. I, I feel like I do sometimes. So.
1: Oh my god! Do you think somebody's gonna play Pathfinder on D and D Beyond's VTT? I hope that would explode. <laughs> <don't> <laughs> they're gonna could. say no. <laughs> maybe, no, maybe on Debbie plane. Yeah, I don't you think you could. could. Yeah. Uh, so
0: Unreal Engine. I mean, it looks. We'll see what it is. I think it looks cool. Uh, Who knows, it might be, like, my new favorite way to play D&D, or I might just keep playing D&D the way I've been playing. Or I might still want to be at the table, because I really like the table, and I have all these uh,
1: uh, Warlock tiles that I want to use, so... (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you you already have a lot of D&D Beyond stuff, so you are definitely a full embracer of D&D Beyond. I'm still kind of like I only have a couple of the things I, have I play a few, with people yeah. who have all of it. And that's that's the key. I, I actually have haven't bought a, a
0: I haven't bought a yeah. new thing in a while because uh Ted and another person share their content with me and they buy it all. Right. And so I'm like, well, I haven't had a need to buy it. So. Yeah. Uh, which is nice for me because I can read the new spelljammer stuff as it comes out because my book yep. was delayed until today. It's finally arriving, so I'll be able to <sighs> open my Spelljammer book, and, yeah. and
1: I thought I was going to be able to come on the show this Saturday and be like, "Look, guys, look what like, I let's got!" Talk and then about they this. dropped. Yeah, they dropped the. I didn't even it's get a, a little chance weird to crack that, this open. Yeah,
0: somebody made a meme where it's that guy pushing the button, and he doesn't know which one to push, and it's yeah. like D and D YouTubers be like, "Spelljammer One D and D," it's like, oh, "I don't know what yeah. to make content for." <laughs> I
1: did. I did like this. It D&D is very pretty. Screen, yeah. Oh, that was really nice. People. Yeah. All right,
0: we'll get to that. I think col- we... that might be a fun collection, like the guy that collects uh, DM screens. You oh, just have like, like a, a big really collection ones. of DM screens, like because there's some really good. I bought the Everard one because on I wall. really liked it.
1: Yeah, almost like posters. That'd be kind of cool. Be cool. <clears throat> All right, so that was the big announcement, and it was really a three-parter show. They had three hosts. It's a lot of they magic. They were really kind <laughs> of yeah. They were they had a big magic presentation. The magic community was going just as crazy as the Dungeons and Dragons community. No crossover stuff that I saw of the two this time. Not that it's not going to happen still. I almost feel like there's probably going to be another Magic the Gathering book. I was blown away by the stuff they were announcing in Magic the Gathering. So at some point, I would love to talk about that. Not that we need to do it for today's show, but it was like... Wow, there were so many cool things they're doing on that. On I started that
0: actually playing Arena again uh, last yes. night because of all the announcements. I was like, oh, yeah, I,
1: I actually like Magic. And so, I liked this game. I remember this game. It's kind of game. fun. All right. So the play test is out. It drops. Hour or two later, you can get the, the PDF. You can go look at it. And then, again, not only did Twitter blow up and, and videos and YouTube blow up with everybody giving their opinions. Now they jump on to, from the announcements... Now they're looking at these rules, and everybody has opinions about good or bad, or what is this, or what is that. What Have you gone through it in detail? Have you read through the whole thing? I got to go through it pretty much last night pretty in detail, yeah. so I feel like I have a good understanding. Of what's well, it. then what I would like you?
0: to ask you—yeah, I'd like to actually get your thing— oh, I, I have read it. I have cover. not read it in, like, super detail, but I got the gist of it, is that we're— there consolidating races, which I thought was kind of cool. So you're not like, I'm a forest halfling or I'm a, not, sorry, I'm a forest gnome or I'm a whatever kind of gnome. Now you're just gnome. You're just dwarf. And I thought that was kind of, I thought that makes sense to simplify the game. And we don't actually need three or four versions of dwarves because that harkens back to um, the Forgotten Realms and all of these settings where it's like you have these different tribes of dwarves dwarves and we're trying to give them a plus two bonus and a plus one bonus and these different things instead you're just a dwarf and then you have dwarf characteristics one of the things i keep mentioning the dwarf because i really like the tremor sense i thought that was really cool and that they Mm -hmm. they did that um but kind of like dragonborn like your draconic ancestors select one uh if it's red it's fire if it's silver it's cold they're doing a similar thing where, like, we don't need, like, oh, I'm a fire dragon board, and it's a whole different set, sat, stat block from other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought that was really cool. And, then, and same thing with elves. Like, choose your kind of elven ancestry, and it defines you a little Lidiage. bit more. Yeah, but you're Lidiage not like, I'm a part. high magic elf. I'm a forest elf. I'm this kind of an elf. Mm-hmm. Let the players decide as they play instead of trying to shoehorn them into, well... You know, and then we get into the same problem that we've had, I feel, with 5th edition, where people are specifically choosing that because they want the stat bonuses instead of actually wanting to play a forest gnome. Like, what okay. about the forest gnome that you really want to play? And it's like, well, I know I just want that dex. It's like, okay. And then Tasha's got away with that, or got did away with that, which I liked. So all of that is really so, cool.
1: Go ahead. Let me unpack a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There is another video you can watch with uh, Kendrick and Perkins talking about these rules. They do a UA, there's one out on their channel, and he dives into it. And the thing that I got from watching that that um, they were saying, or not Perkins, I'm sorry, it was Jeremy Crawford. He was saying, this time we wanted to make sure that we were doing the he kept saying like, the dwarfiest dwarf, or the Uh elviest elf, or the dragonbornest dragonborn. And they were making sure that You have the race choice, but then because there's different lineages that could be in different worlds, the way you are a dwarf in one world might be different than a dwarf in another. He was like, those are your heritages. Those are your lineages. That's not necessarily what your race was. So you're right. There was this divergent of let's pull that piece off and then put it in a different spot that it makes sense that you can get and pick and choose the abilities that fit with your world or or whatever. And I thought I saw like 30 feet was kind of like we saw that there where the speeds were kind of ironed out. And they even said like in the in the dwarf one, which I think is a good one, too, is like they talk about dwarves of many worlds. Everything has multiverse all through it, right from the beginning, right from the get go. They're reminding you as a player. And if you're brand new, when you get this book for the first time, you're going to be indoctrinated into this is a, a game that can span many different campaign worlds. So whoever your dungeon master is, they may have you playing in, in whatever world, and you'll pick from choices of that. And I think it was a good idea to kind of to push that piece off in it. But here's an interesting one. They did the size thing where humans you can pick to be like that medium size, but you also could be you could pick to be the really small size. Right. And they said, you know, on some of those, I thought that was an interesting change. Like the human, said, you could be two to four feet tall if you really wanted to. And that might fit in with a different campaign setting or a different campaign. Or maybe you just are a two or four foot tall human and you just be, you know, that option's there now. And
0: Well, I think it, the, the big thing is like, why are we limiting players on anything? You know, yeah. why are we saying, hey, all humans have to be like this or all orcs have to be like this? Mm-hmm. And... I kind of like that because really it should be up to the dungeon master where you're like, I'm sorry, all of my elves are five feet or higher. And you're like, okay. And then you go somewhere else and they're like, all of my elves are three feet. You're like, okay. Um, It also gives me the hope of making a half-halfling, which I think is really cool. So.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And they talk about, you know, you've chosen your class, which it sounds like when they structure this book. It sounds like when they go through what they want you to do to teach you how to build a character if you don't know how to do one. It sounds like they want you to choose your class. And then it says, because it says, after choosing your character's class, here's three things you're going to choose next. Race, background, language, right? And so it was like character races, character backgrounds, character languages. And now, big bombshell for everybody, the feat, right? A first level feat for everybody or feats that are relevant and feats that have levels now are now being indicated and we see that in this.
0: Yeah, So feats are going to be a big thing of really augmenting your character, which is the power Mm -hmm. creep that we've talked about before. Um, Mm -hmm. But if the whole game is fundamentally about that, it doesn't necessarily feel like power creep, but what I think it will do is those older adventures that are quote backwards compatible are going to be a lot easier than they were Mm -hmm. before. So, yeah. And they don't, minimize
1: the list and the changes races? are not set
0: in stone i want yeah aj was right he just said that yeah. like changes are not set in stone this is yeah, all UA, like ua testing. you're like you're right yep. so we're kind they're of talking adding. like it's absolute when it shouldn't be yeah so.
1: No, nope. they're adding ardling and orc to basically what the player handbook will have isn't that interesting yeah that they're adding two more, not they're not narrowing the field to make well, their and they're removing vote.
0: half orcs and half elves,
1: which I thought was and interesting they, well they talk about them differently, yeah, 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 because the way Jeremy Crawford explained it, he said we want you to think about now think about what your parents are, and your parents could come from different races, and we're giving you our rules are going to give you the ability to say choose the race that gives you the mechanical thing that makes sense for your character. But you can also have all of your features and your look and your aesthetic can come from the other parent if you want, or you can choose which parent it comes from, or you can choose the pieces. And that that really is like you're diverging the mechanics from the. Yeah. Where were you raised? Were you a half orc raised by orcs, or
0: were you a half orc raised by humans? Yeah. uh i i think that's kind of cool but before orcs were always you know the villains so you could be a half orc but you couldn't be like an orc well, until orc
1: had a description so. right yeah yeah you no know, and so did half elf yeah.
0: and that's the yeah. same thing where it's like we don't need a half elf you could just be like i i am a half elf and i have these yeah
1: elven characteristics or I, I happen to these... have rounded ears yeah. other half elf so. a different half elf might have pointed ears you and, know? The and the ardling this, was yeah.
0: interesting because it's the antithesis of the tiefling and I think yep. the the Ardling Tiefling, like they want it to be, they want it to have a similar yeah, naming the celestial structure. The, the and so yeah, the, you have an Ardling uh, that's like celestial upper planes parents, and a Tiefling that is lower planes lower lineage, plains. Yeah. Um, not limited to just infernal. So it's not just devils like it is in yeah. fifth edition,
1: and morality uh, yeah. is not chosen by that. They're saying Correct. they were really you, you can be a bad evil person from an ardling you can be a good tiefling you know that that's not chosen it's just that's where your lineage had come from yeah so it's interesting we kind of knew they wanted to go in this way and it does open up customization for players and i think it's where the player community wants to go i don't think any. I mean, maybe there's some, but I don't think there's a lot of people or enough people that we care about that are like, no, dwarves have to be this and you should be limited and you shouldn't be able. They should only be able to run 25 feet. Why are you, you know, I don't I don't see a lot of that kind of uproar. I do see some other uproars about other types of rules and things like what are they going to do with inspiration or what are they going to do with luck or what are they going to do with this and that? There's a lot of different well, sides to those conversations and but i didn't see it for this
0: in our last five minutes or so and maybe we'll go over because this is a big day but specifically the the rolling a 20 and critical hits and i yes. wanted to talk to you about that so how do you feel about this because they're changing and a roll 20 is being called a d20 test so uh an attack is technically a d20 test Mm-hmm. um a skill check is technically a d20 test a saving throw is a d20 test all of these are now not separate things they're all going to be d20 test and the big thing is is that if you roll a 20 um it's a natural success and so we were talking no matter about this minuses, no matter bonuses. what yeah. Yeah, yeah no matter minuses so a skill check before and i was using this when i was talking to dm nathan Is that if you are a wizard with an 8 strength, so you have a a minus 1, I think, to your strength. And Mm -hmm. to break down the wooden door, it's a skill check of 25. I can only ever roll a 19, 20 minus 1. I will never get to 25 to be able to smash down that door as a wizard. With this new ability, I can. Because a 20 is a success, and so the wizard breaks down the door. A lot of people treat skill checks like that already. Sometimes they're just Mm -hmm. like, oh, I got a 20. Okay, you succeed. Because nine times out of ten, I feel like you've met the number, but there are those moments where a wizard tries to break down a door, and they can't do it. Uh, So how do you feel about that?
1: it's interesting because we do it in our game and how I've handled it in my game, my Tuesday night game, this, this actually came up mid game because our dungeon master is like, you know, you guys also get to roll double damage and you have critical hits and critical fails. And how do we want to handle a one? Because some people like to have all ones are an automatic fail. They want that chance that everything can possibly fail and that chance that everything could possibly succeed. And so we had had this talk too. And, and, our dungeon master is now letting, you know, the even the creatures and the monsters and everything they can crit and they can auto fail and we can crit and auto fail and i played around with that a little bit. So i like the idea that we're playing around with it. I like I want to make sure that everybody realizes that when they have these rules, you always are able to change to what makes sense for your campaign and your party and your table if everybody agrees that hey, we we like that a one isn't an automatic miss if i've got a plus 9 and I'm, I beat the DC, then I, whatever, if that's what your party is, I like that. I think in the testing of it, I would like to see where the community falls on this because I wonder, I like the idea that the 20 isn't always an automatic success, right? Like, yeah, you rolled a 20, but I guess that's the whole point of the crit, right? The, well, and it's it's a, a five, it's a 5% it's a five
0: chance to succeed. Yeah. And it's a little, like, that's higher than I think you, than a lot of people and think. Than you want it to
1: be, yeah, yeah, for some things. Like, I would yeah. want
0: it to be like a 1%. Uh but yeah Silver Bullet makes a good point like why would confirmed. your DM let you let you roll if you can't accomplish it. And I think that's something that I've done a lot where a lot of times I'll have people like hey the barbarian's like well I want to try and roll arcana and understand that and I'll just say well if you're not proficient in it and you're a barbarian I'm not going to let you
1: roll. Yeah. Because, because there we've is been a chance trained to say yeah. not no. Yeah, we've been trained to let them do what. They and want. so you're right.
0: There's a part of me that's like, I'm not going to let you do that. And yeah. they might just be like, Oh, that's kind of frustrating. And this kind yeah. of comes back to uh, we were uh, a DCC game that I was running where the thief was like picking locks, and then the halfling was like, Well, can I pick the lock? And I'm like, Well, you're kind of stealing the thief's thunder if you can. The whole mm-hmm. point of her being a thief is that that's what she can do. So I don't want to let you do that because that's her thing. You don't have the skills. Yeah. You don't have the training. You can't just so walk I'm like, up to a lock and just do it. And yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. one of those things where I'm like, I, I but think... But I don't if, want to tell you no. Well, if this rule was implemented where 20 is always a success, mm-hmm. um, it does simplify the game. But I think I would have to step in a lot and say, I'm sorry, 8-strength wizard, you're not allowed to roll because no yeah. amount of rolling from my mind, will let you break down that door. You yeah. need to think of a different way of doing it. And Zris is really good where she you said, or he said, you still can't shoot down the moon. And right. it's like, you're right. Like, I can't be you like, well, to I shoot, be able to I shoot the moon. Well, I roll a 20, I succeed, hey. right? And you're like, well, no, because you can't do you're something that's physically impossible. <laughs> so. yeah. But I think that we need to have clarification in the rules for that. Sure. And I think it needs to be stated that if the DM feels that it is impossible, you're not allowed to do it. So yeah, that uh, was my uh, one grievance with it, is I didn't really watch, like that about the yeah, 20.
1: Go watch the video where they're talking about it with Jeremy Crawford because you get their insight in the change to the 20 and getting inspiration when you roll 20 and how inspiration works. He talked about it as we want to experiment with the party or the, the character getting a, a moment of momentum and then building on that moment of momentum. And that's why they're trying to make it easier and it can compound and get kind of powerful if it starts to align correctly. And they want that they're saying they're testing out this idea of you've built momentum and that's going to carry you through the fight differently than if everybody was just rolling their, you know, nobody had rolled a 20 and right. it's like this moment of this is way outside of what was supposed to happen. And now it's going to avalanche into, you know, helping you in which players like to feel powerful. So you. it kind of makes yeah. sense,
0: you know, but yeah. I would argue that players like that. I didn't think we were going to survive and we did feeling and I don't sure. think
1: that momentum allows them to feel that. So. Yeah. So definitely both sides of the coin, right? right? Yeah. yeah. There's always a couple of ways to look at it. But so, I, I would
0: need to play, I think. And that's the whole point that's of the play test I is I need to play and be like, okay, uh, yeah. this does make sense. And it is fun, you know, yeah. because I can't I'll give in you... my head be like, well, I don't like that.
1: Like, who knows? I need to play it. I'll give time. you a true relevant example, like shooting the moon. We're like, oh, okay. ha. Uh-huh. But here's a good example. We have a character in our um, campaign right now that can get an AC after somebody buffs him with a spell and they do a certain ability and they have a feat. That's all of a sudden like a 27 AC or a 28 AC. When we go to fight the orcs, there's no way unless you allow a 20 to be an automatic hit for them to hit this character. So there's just no combat then at that point if your AC is that high. So because they've introduced something that allows your, your total to go that high, that goes so high the 20 can't actually get you there, I feel like you almost need it. And that's why Danimal, our Dungeon Master, said, I need the 20 to be an automatic hit because there's no way I'm going to hit the dwarf who's sitting at an AC 27 moving through this campaign at this point. So, so I, w- I want to clarify, though, yeah. In the rules
0: of Fifth Edition, Five E, uh, an attack does always succeed on a twenty, no matter what. Yeah, right. But and, and, not but, skill checks or saving throws, which was yeah, what I wanted. Yeah. Which is what they're changing. But you're right. And like, he, he does need that twenty because it's like otherwise I can't hit you.
1: Yeah. It's not defined as a, when the dungeon master is rolling or the players rolling. That rule is defined as a player rule at this point. Um, at, that a twenty is always it. a hit. Oh then yeah, it's it's a d20 it.
0: test. So whatever they define a d20 test as, and that could be yeah. player or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but to make it again easier on the players, <laughs> uh, critical monsters don't crit anymore, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that either because I like this. I like the swinginess of it. I like Dungeon Crawl Classics. Go ahead and take a drink. Like I like the randomness. <laughs> the we're all gonna die. We have to be careful. Um, but I think five I think five e and going forward, people really like feeling like superheroes and so but yeah, if
1: you're if you're all powerful, is it fun anymore? like well right, and I think that's why you still have this game isn't original d and d anymore. This isn't the game where you're the farmer who picks up the pitchfork and you run through the funnel that is meant to be hard and you're yeah. meant to die and your your hit points never get very high and you never are truly powerful. That's a different game these days. That is not... I, I think you can make your Dungeons & Dragons that way by modifying a lot of stuff if you want to, but the game as presented is you are a superhero at this point. I mean, there, there's no other way you could describe those characters as written because there's so much above and beyond an average representation of that race there's so much above what an average human is in that world what an average orc is in that world what an average dwarf is in that world the character is like on a mountaintop compar- yeah. comparatively you know so yeah well
0: i mean lots of changes lots of stuff coming coming down the pipeline i i think the review the the ability to start submitting feedback for this is september 1st Um, and I would encourage everybody to do that because it's like the future of D&D and you can, you know, uh, you're basically giving them free, free information on how to like make money. But, uh, at the same time, this is a game that we love. So like, why not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. New condition to test out new rules on crits and things, new rules on inspiration, new rules on grappling, new rules on some of the feats, lots of stuff to test out and just try it in your game. Yeah, everybody can theory craft, but try it in some sessions, Mm -hmm. try it in some games, and then give your feedback so that we actually get honest feedback and not just, I hate it, here's the reasons I hate it. Give it, here, we tried it, we played it, this is what didn't work, or this is what did work, and put that in there so they can really make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. So, we'll see. Um,
0: Boy, I, I think... So much. Yeah, so much. I mean, and we didn't even get to, like, a lot of it, but... Uh, maybe Lucian and I will try to meet up and do another video and we could post something later about our thoughts because um, we were talking before the show and I just feel like Lucian has good insight into uh, game mechanics and this is all it is is like game mechanics where I usually am more thinking of like a a story kind of concept even though I I like game Mm -hmm. mechanics too Um, but yeah I'm a little over time so I'm going
1: to say that's our show ladies and gentlemen anything anything you want to want to shout out before we go. My God, I'm so excited. <laughs> we have plenty to talk about over the next Saturday after Saturday after Saturday. And even when we, when there are no announcements and there doesn't seem to be a lot of news, we can always open up one of these test things and just yeah. say, let's talk about this this one little section where they talked about spells and how they're changing that. Or let's talk about this little section. Yeah. Maybe we need to sure.
0: start a sub show. That's like yeah. DM's corner with Lucian, where yeah. we kind of just <laughs> like go okay. in about stuff. And I don't know.
1: I was watching some Pathfinder playthroughs, Pathfinder two playthroughs for our, my, our Pathfinder crowd out there. I'm, yeah. I'm still learning Pathfinder two. I'm still staying up to date on those. Monty cook's got another Kickstarter coming out. There's lots. It looks stuff really cool. Happening. Yeah. Uh, We're still going to be bringing all that to you. Just this, this week was, you know, if you're easy. a Monty
0: Cook fan, I will say go to their website and yes. search for it. Uh, their upcoming Kickstarter is not a Kickstarter, it's a backer kit thing. Yeah. Um, but if you say, I want to be notified, and you're one of the people that actually backs it, you get some really cool dice. Um, yeah. It's called The Weird. It's going to work with a bunch of their games. It looks kind of cool. So
1: Yeah, looks really good. That's all I had. Take
0: us away. Thank you so much, Uh like, share, subscribe. I don't know. Uh, follow yes, on Patreon. Help whatever. support the stream. Thank you so much for the people that will uh, th- well, Mo peach for the donations and for everybody hitting like That's and stuff. Um, and thank you for comments and all this other stuff. We do pop in and read the comments and chat back so, so much. Uh, we will be back next week with a show. I think I might be out of town. We'll see. Uh, I've got to figure something out. We might do like another Pre-record. pre-recorded show, but we'll do something out. Friday night D&D show. Yeah. Um, Until then, take care, everybody, and go play D&D.